Hello there, this is the Hibla Minute, and there's snow on the ground in Hibla. It's true, it's April 16th when I'm doing this, there's still snow on the ground. And hat tip to my friend Carol Russell, who made the wise observation that up here, April Fools lasts all month. Anyway, the sun is out, and complaining about the weather keeps our minds from worrying about other things, but damn, could it just get a little warmer. I'm your host, Roy Mitchell, and I'll be talking to fellow journalist, Moose FM reporter, Matt Reisler. What's it like to be a young person fresh out of college who's tasked to cover a pandemic? We'll find out. Since 2018, Matt has been covering the news and doing his afternoon show on Moose FM 97.7. Originally from Ottawa, a town more than twice the size of Bancroft, Matt has become part of our rural community. He's on the radio covering events and stories. He's a talented guy and hopes to be a sports broadcaster, a position he admits is better suited to him than being an athlete. He prefers the other side of the court and rink. He is not a jock, and that even makes him more enduring. Here's Matt. Thank you for welcoming me. What a wonderful intro, except for the part where you mentioned that I'm unathletic, even though those are my own words that I told you just a few minutes ago. <laughs> but I am happy to be here. It's wonderful. I only say what I hear. That's what a professional reporter does. They only repeat the facts that they hear from the people that know what they're talking about. Let's continue. You're an expert. So how are you doing these days? Uh, good. You know, it's I'm more tired than usual, but, you know, it's it's just all part of the job, right? This is all what I have to do to make sure I can inform people about what's going on. The tired part I can do without. Again, it's all part of the job. It was funny because one of the churches in Bancroft, they did a thing where they're, they ring the bell every day at six o'clock to salute all the essential service workers, like the people at the hospital and at the restaurants and the grocery store people. So the first night they did it, or sorry, the second night, I went in and I did a Facebook Live video because everyone was asking me to do it because they thought it was a really cool idea. So I went, I did it. First couple minutes of the video before the bell rang I had it on the selfie cam so it was look it was looking at me and I guess I had not gotten a lot of sleep that night before and my eyes were pretty red so someone lovely person shared the video and said oh man the moose reporter looks like he ha- has COVID his eyes are red Dr. Oz a noted doctor knows what he's talking about says that red eyes are a sign of COVID-19 so I was like oh that's that's nice of you to spread that rumor about me. I, I'm clear of the virus. I was like, yeah, that's a that's a nice rumor to spread about me. We're going to talk about that later, news itself. But I want to ask you, because you are tired and you're saying things are different now. And how are they different for your job with this virus and this pandemic out there? Well, there, it's my job hasn't really changed because my job at its base is to report on the news. And obviously the virus is the biggest news going right now it's just that i do more within a day now my normal day i know we'll get to that later but my normal day it's usually i find the news two or three stories write those up write it for the sarah the next morning she's the morning show host do my show and then i go home now it's like i'm doing 10 or 15 other things i'm doing work for our station in barry's bay and kempville and prescott on top of what i'm doing at bancroft then i have to make sure that the information i'm getting is of course the right information. I wouldn't want to say that there's, you know, a hundred cases in Bancroft when there's only one. That takes up a lot of time making sure I get all of that right because there's five different people I need to call on top of public health. Go from them to the mayor in Bancroft, Paul Jenkins, to Mayor Vic Bodnar, Hastings Highlands, you know, all over the place. So I, I'm doing a lot more, which adds to the aforementioned tiredness. And I want to thank you. You put together a document of all the cancellations of everything that's happening. 
And it's a really good reference for our community to go there and see what's actually happening and what where people can go or not go. Yeah, that was that was a whole thing that just pretty much came together over a weekend. I think the Friday, it was a Friday when the first big cancellation came in. I think it was the NBA. They canceled or po postponed their season. And then that was like the first domino. So then I remember it was, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, Sarah and I thought, well, all of these things are getting canceled in Bancroft instead of just going on every five minutes on the air and saying, this is canceled, this is canceled, this is postponed, this is rescheduled. Just get a big document together, put that on our website. I mean, it's the best thing to do, right? Because it has everything listed there. People don't have to go scrolling through Facebook. We can read it off on the air for people that don't have internet so that they can access this stuff as well. And, and it, we thought it would maybe there'd be like, you know, a handful of events and everyone would that and that would be it. But if you look at it now, there's like 50 different events and it's growing every day. Obviously, it's growing every day, unfortunately. I will link to it in the in the Facebook page so people can refer to it. You moved here in 2018. You had worked a little bit a few years before that and you went to school. Did school prepare you for a pandemic? No, not in the slightest. Were you ready for this pandemic? Well, I think that's you know, the same with anyone that's gone to college or university, they, they give you the basics of what you want to do. And in my case, it was radio. But then you, I think I've learned more about radio from working in radio than I did from school. Are you learning things too when this is happening? You know, like I, I learned the basics, like how to properly talk on the air, how to properly write the news, how to report all of that stuff. But now being in the job, it's a whole different animal because now it's not a simulated environment. In school, it's all set up for you to succeed, right? They don't want to put you in a situation where you're going to fail because that's just not a good place to learn. But now when I'm talking to an actual person, whether it's you or a mayor or someone from the food bank, whatever, this is not a, an environment where I'm set up to succeed because I might ask a question that pisses them off. And now they're not going to say, oh, well, you know, in the future, don't phrase it that way because that's going to bug people. They're just going to be mad at me, right? So it's I learned the basics in school, but you know now that I'm in this environment, I'm a reporter for an actual radio station. It's all different, and it's it's like I'm learning all over again. But at the same time, it's nice to have those basics because that gives me something to fall back on. And what made you get into radio? I'll be honest with you, it was a total accident. <laughs> uh, I I've always wanted to be since I was a kid. I wanted to be a print journalist, like working for a newspaper or a magazine, specifically working in sports, hence why you said I'm a sports nut. The problem was I was, I was and probably still would be, terrible in school. Uh, in high school, I never did my homework. I never paid attention. I goofed off. I was the class clown. And then when I got to college, I was paying. So obviously, I smartened up and I started doing my work, but I still wasn't great at school. I still kind of had those old habits. So I passed, obviously, and I got my diploma, I graduated, but I still did have a rough time in school. The way I got into radio was when I went to Algonquin, I applied for all three media classes. So print journalism, radio, and then TV. I got rejected straight up from print journalism. I got waitlisted for TV, and I got accepted into radio. So I thought, well, I don't want to wait. So I want to go to school right now. So I just said, okay, I'll, I'll be in radio. I like to talk. We'll see how it goes. And then, then the two years, it's a two-year program, and here we are. So do you think you have a face for radio? I like to hold that I was waitlisted for TV broadcasting. 
above people above people's heads and say, well, hold on, I was at least good enough, good looking enough to be a thought about going into the TV program. Yeah, well, I personally think you look got you've got a young Robert De Niro vibe going. So I'm surprised that you didn't get into TV, but I'm super happy you're in radio. You know what? It's funny you. It's funny you say that because my dad, when he was younger, people said he looked like Robert De Niro. Really? I'm not kidding. It's yeah. I don't. I don't know. If, yeah, it's a that's a weird one. I don't. I never. I've never seen it. I don't see the resemblance. But he says, take it with a grain of salt, maybe. But he says people used to say he looked like Robert De Niro, and he and he grew up when Robert De Niro was an A-lister, right? When Robert De Niro was in his prime of his career. So that would have been pretty. If it was. That's a big compliment, right? Yeah. To be and Robert De Niro was a good-looking dude back in the day. Oh, taxi driver, taxi driver. Really? Totally. Oh. It, amazing. And check out Robert De Niro's father too. He was a hot gay artist. Okay. My favorite. Now, let's get serious. <laughs> what surprised you about our area? How busy it was. Expand on that. How how busy it was because because I came from Ottawa, the big city, and I've lived in Ottawa my whole life. I grew up there, but I was born in Toronto, and I've never experienced a small town before. So I thought I'd come here, it'd be a bunch of hillbillies, and it'd be quiet, you know, I'd be on my own. I'd be like the weird-looking guy, like everyone would be able to point me out on a police line and say, oh, that's the big city guy, that's the new guy to town. But when I got here, like, you know, I, I feel like I fit in pretty well. I was just one of the many people in North Hastings. It wasn't that as different as I thought it would be from the big city. And it was so much busier than I thought. Like there was an event pretty much every weekend. Now, bear in mind when I got here, I think a month or so after I got here, wheels, water, and wings happened. So I think that kind of, that might've threw things off a little bit, but still like it's, it seems like there's something going on um, almost all the time. And which is, What's Wheels, Waters, and Wings? Massive event that's held in Bancroft every summer. I don't know if it's going to be held this summer. You know, you got something from every aspect of life. Something They've got the big car show that happens on the weekend. Wheels. They've got something going on uh, with boats. Water. Water. And then you have the uh, the famous, the iconic fly-in breakfast at the, the Bancroft Airport. Wings. Wheels, Water, and Wings. They've got it all for you. And my favorite story. Yeah. It's been, what, uh, 20 or so years of Wheels, Water, and Wings? I could be. I'm totally wrong, I think. But it's been around for at least a couple of decades. But No, no, no. No, it hasn't, Matt. It's only been around – I've been here six years, and it's been around probably five. Oh, huh. I wonder why I thought it was around for so much longer. It feels like it has, for sure. Fact check, sir. There you go. You're my fact checker. I'm just like the president now. I have, a, <laughs> I have, a, I have an official paid fact checker. But my favorite, my favorite story, though, if we can – talk about wheels water and wings for one second my first wheels water and wings for the fly-in breakfast it's held at i think it was 8 a.m so i wanted to make sure i went there to there because everyone told me how cool it was so i woke up nice and early got ready and then when i, I left i usually i don't wake up like at 7 or 6 a.m which i did then i usually i wake up at like 8 or 9 on weekends because i sleep in so waking up early i was a little drowsier than usual i didn't get a lot of sleep the night before so i wake up i get dressed i get ready i head out the door I get to my car and I realize, oh shit, I don't have my keys. So I run back to my apartment and the door locked. So now I'm locked out of my apartment at like 7 a.m., no keys. I don't have my wallet either. So I think, well, what am I going to do? I, I mean, I thought I, I, I had my phone at least. So I tried calling my neighbor to let me in. She didn't wake up. 
I just said, okay, you know what? I'll walk. <laughs> so I, I walked half an hour from my apartment on Hastings Street North. If you guys know where that is, that's about like right in the heart of downtown Bancroft. Half an hour to the airport through bushes and back paths. I got bitten to shreds by mosquitoes and bugs. And I ended up at the uh, the breakfast. And then thankfully, I told them my story. And they're like, okay, you know what? We'll give you some free pancakes at least for your for your, for all your misery. So that was that was my nice introduction to living near the bush, forgetting my keys and having to, to walk to an airport and getting bit to shreds by mosquitoes. And getting free pancakes. Yeah, that was a nice part. That was the nice part of the day. The breakfast was great. And then we looked at the planes coming in and we said, hey, no, we're not going up in those things. We're going to go make strawberry jam. So that's what we did. I have to give those guys that are flying credit because sometimes when they're coming in, it looks it looks shaky. But they always ended up landing it. I personally would never, ever, ever want to go up in a two-seater plane. I not not that I don't trust the pilot. It's just I am too nervous. I'd be I'd be um literally shitting myself. Okay. I couldn't do it. And another question: How do you avoid letting being a small-town celebrity go to your head? <laughs> I don't think of myself as a small-town celebrity, to be honest with you. I like I I just I'm just another person, right? It's like. It's I, I I've people have made that joke before that I'm like the um, Bancroft A-lister, but I'm a Z-lister everywhere else. No one knows who I am. It's guess it's funny that yeah I guess if you think about it I am pretty well known because there's we're the only radio station in town. So if you turn it on in the afternoon I'm the only person you'll ever hear. So I guess in that sense I'm yeah I guess I am famous. But yeah I never think about it because it's just I don't. I don't allow myself time to think about the fact that I'm, I might be a celebrity. It just doesn't. It's no use to me because I don't want to. At the at the end of it, I mean, if I th start thinking, oh yeah, look how famous and cool I am. Well, now I'm in. Now I'm going to turn out to be an arrogant prick, right? And then no one will like me because who wants to be around someone who's uh, arrogant? It's just not a fun trait to have. No, I don't. I agree with you. Now you're very modest. Your modesty is well uh, well appreciated. Uh, Matt, I have another question. There's a lot of media out there. There's a lot of meat out there that can be very confusing, like what's true, what's not. Do you have any advice for people on how to consume media, especially at this time? Fact check yourself. Like, you know, if you're watching CNN or Fox or MSNBC, CBC, CTV, whatever it may be, every I think every media outlet, even me, I'm guilty of it. We all have our own biases because we all have our own likes and dislikes. I mean, I'm not going out and saying... I like this politician better than this politician. Advice I can give to anybody is just fact check yourself. Like what, what you're seeing, if you think, well, wait a second, I, that doesn't seem right. Look it up if you've got the time. Or, you know, because the more educated you'll be, the better off you'll be when you're watching the news because they're giving you the facts and, you know, they're some most cases they leave it up to you to, if you want to learn more about the situation, that's up to you because... They only have so, so much time to really get that across to you, right? But there's, in most cases, especially like with this coronavirus, there's so much more to unpack. You can't fit that in in a five-minute newscast or a one-hour show, right? There's so much you need to read and research and learn about what the virus is and how it affects you and how it might affect the world in a month, in two months, in a year. And that's up to you to, to, to look up online and find yourself. And there's so many outlets out there that it's so easy to look all that stuff up. It's never been easier in the history of the world to be an educated person. So I think it's, yeah, it's up to, you know, people, you, you consume the news, but it's up to you to kind of 
educate yourself on what you're watching and make sure what you're watching is the right stuff. And it's something that, you know, even with my bosses, you know, we had, we had a meeting when this whole pandemic really kicked into high gear and they sat down and said, look, you know, you're going to, there's going to be a lot of information coming from the towns and from, you know, public health and all of that, but you got to make sure that what you're reporting on is the correct verified information. You can't be going off of rumors. You know, like I'll go back to at the beginning when I mentioned that someone said my red eyes meant that I have COVID. Well, that's not true. That's not a symptom at all. That's just a rumor that person heard on TV. But if you had gone online and fact-checked that, you would have realized no, that's not true at all. Red eyes mean you're just tired or, you know, you didn't get enough sleep, whatever it may be. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, my boss has said, yeah, you got to make sure that you're getting that right information that's verified by public health or verified by the township. And if that means making an extra call that takes half an hour or an hour out of your day, well, so be it, because you need to make sure you're getting that right information out. And be kind. I would direct message you and say, are you okay? You look pretty rough. I wouldn't tell everybody you've got COVID. But anyway, that's just me. Yeah. You got, you got a kitten. So everyone's social isolating. So you and the kitten are social isolating. How's that going? It's nice. You know, it's kind of nice to have someone around because it's with everybody else shut in on their homes. I don't get to see as many people as I normally would. Like I don't get to go to a bar and have some drinks of friends anymore. So it's nice to have a little kitty who, as we're talking now, is fast asleep in her crate. Oh, she likes to spend she. She she always, she likes to wake up at uh, night. Cats are nocturnal, so she likes to uh, keep me awake at night, which is probably the cause of my red eyes. And then when I want to play with her during the day, she will uh, tell me to screw off and go to bed. <laughs> so it's a it's an interesting relationship we have, but it's a nice relationship because yeah, it's it's definitely nice to have have her around and have someone to at least uh, keep me cool. I'm glad she's there for you, Matt. I'm glad she's there for you. Just closing up here, I want to ask a question because, you know, I know you're a reporter and you're based in facts and what's happening now and stuff, but let's look to the future. And what is the first thing you hope to do once this pandemic is over? Uh, have a drink with my friends at a bar <laughs> on a patio. I think that's totally doable, my friend. That at this point, that's what I want. I just want to be able to sit down at a bar, have a burger, some fries, and just drink a beer and just watch the cars go by have a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on and enjoy the afternoon. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't know about you, Roy, but I'm getting pretty sick of spending all of my weekends shut inside, looking out my window, wishing uh, I could be outside. I'm getting real sick of that. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And I'm, I'm glad that we can think about the future and hope for the future. And let's work for the future, too, and make sure this doesn't go on as long as it could go on. I mean, again, this is this the thing that's repeated off more often than anything else. Stay inside. It was in the news on our station just a, cu a couple days ago. Canada's medical officer of health, Dr. Teresa Tam, said, if "Everyone, if every person now this is wishful thinking, but if every person stayed in for two weeks, the virus would be gone." I mean, it's easier said than done. Obviously, you can't get millions of people to just stay inside for two weeks. That's just impossible. Even if everybody was listening. That's someone that knows what she's talking about. And if you just saying that, if you just stay inside, the virus is gone. You can't spread it, right? All right, Matt. This is amazing. Thank you so much for being on the Hibla Minute. And uh, I hope we get that drink sometime soon. I hope so too, because I will, uh, I'm sure, 
need it as will you and as will everybody everybody else in the world they'll need that that drink cheers matt take care cheers roy take care as well stay safe And now for some music from local singer-songwriter Albert Saxby. Here's his song, Dirty Little Men. There are a lot of dirty little men out there, and journalists and a robust media play a part in keeping them less dirty. We're thankful for Matt Reisler and reporters like him. I'd like to dedicate this song to all dirty little men, including Doug Ford. His cuts to health care have put many in jeopardy, and some have died. It's personal. My mother is 94 and living in a nursing home very far away from Hibla. I have to trust family and friends there to take care of her and look out for her. Knowing that funding cuts have reduced inspections of Ontario nursing homes to nearly zero makes me fear for my mother and other people in care. Over 60% of deaths in Ontario have been in long-term care homes. So this is for you and your cronies, Doug Ford. You can tell us to wash our hands as much as you like, but you and your government will have blood on theirs when all this is over.
dirty little town In a dirty white house Where all the greedy hang around And that's it. Take care, check the news, but maybe not as much as you do now. And thank you, Matt Reiser and Albert Saxby. We'll be back on Thursday with another Hibla Minute. Why don't you do this? If you could, try and see if that voice message thing works. Leave me a voice message. You can do it on the Anchor podcast page. I'll try and get it on the show after that. I'd love to hear your voice on Hibla Minute. This is a Hibla Minute saying bye-bye. I'm Roy Mitchell, your host. Take care. Take care.